our kids are going to turn to us in eight to 10 years and they're going to sit down and say, dad, tell us about those times that you used to drive 45 minutes to an hour and a half every single day. Thank you. Aimless. And what, what possibly were you thinking? It's an absolute waste of time. And let's not forget the environmental impact is dramatic. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Egnall, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. So my guest on the Inspire podcast today is Wayne Berger. And Wayne is CEO of the Americas for the International Workplace Group. Now, that name may sound a little cryptic to you, but you probably know the International Workplace Group from its brands. I think the biggest ones would be Regis, Spaces, Signature, and HQ. I know we at the Humphrey Group, we're actually long-time Regis users, I started you. Yeah, started our, back in the day when I started 20 some years ago, we were in a business center in First Canadian and that has now become a Regis. And today, you know, since we made a decision to go fully remote, we are in Regis properties for the people who do need some space in Toronto, Vancouver. So Wayne, uh, we're recording this in uh, beautiful uh, spaces in Toronto. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bartis. It's wonderful to be here live together. And we, and we should admit that we're neighbors, but it's kind of indicative of what you're building here with this. And we'll talk about your 15 minute city, but I, you know, just to set this concept, set this conversation in context, I think it's really fascinating. I had earlier this season, Alan Richardson from RBC on the pod talking about RBC's push to get the team, uh, get the massive employee base back in the office. And you run uh, a co-working empire, if you will, that in some ways is, is offering a different vision. So Set the stage for people listening who who might not know just what a big business IWG is. Yeah, perfect, Bart. And thanks again. So to give, give all, all the listeners some idea and perspective. So IWG is the world's largest provider of flexible workspace and co-working solutions. I say solutions because one, we operate 4,000 locations around the world. And those fall under 12 of our brands. And the biggest brands being Regis, which is also our original brand, the heritage business, Spaces, which is a billion dollar business in itself, an amazing brand and in type of co-working location that we've, that we've been rolling out since 2015, HQ, Signature, and then and a host of other brands around the world. Under our 4,000 locations, it spans across 120 countries, over 1,200 cities. So basically, any one of our 8 million members, you know, those are clients that use uh, Regis, a Spaces, flexible workspace location, has access to that network portfolio, whether they work in Dubai or they work in downtown Toronto and they hop on an airplane to go to San Francisco, they can work and pop into any location as simply as just accessing uh, our locations via an app. So we actually set record revenues this year. We've been in operation for 34 years. Our revenues are 3.4 billion and uh, it's a very profitable organization. Because what we saw pre-pandemic, Bart, is 
Over 50% of the world's workforce were working from somewhere other than a corporate headquarters mm. at least one day a week. Mm. Then you drop this pandemic into place and everything's been incredibly accelerated. I'm sure we'll dive into some of those trends, yeah. but we've continued to grow. So we've, this has been a high growth business. I, and I look at my 10 years and sometimes I just think about it as one long construction project. Right. Um, <laughs> and what's, what's remarkable is over the last 18 months, we've undertaken our most aggressive growth strategy, which is adding a thousand new flexible workspace locations a year over the next 10 years plus. Amazing. Just to try to keep up with the accelerated level of demand that we're seeing from, from companies. And when I say companies, I mean people, mm -hmm. leaders and workers looking to work in a more purposeful way mm -hmm. and accomplish a tremendous number of benefits. So, well, I mean, I think this is exactly why I wanted to have you on because, you know, we are in, uh, you know, one of the things that's really neat about your business and congrats on your success is how many different kinds of companies you serve. Everything from a solopreneur to, you know, a company that wants to move its entire space. I was just on the phone. I was telling you with a friend of mine who's a partner in a search firm. They're, they've just given up their space and they're moving it entirely into I'm suggesting Regis. And so let's just start, you know, I think people listening who represent huge companies, small companies, and medium-sized companies, they're all kind of in this space where here we are, you know, three years since the launch of the pandemic or the start of the pandemic, hopefully we're out of the pandemic. And the future is uncertain. Everyone is saying, what is the future of work look like from a hybrid, in-person, remote? What does culture look like? So maybe you could start by sharing two or three of the big trends that you're seeing when you talk to this wide swath of companies? What are you seeing out there? Well, let me throw something controversial. We've, we've completely shifted what, when, where, why, and how we can work moving forward. Hmm. It, it absolutely is completely shifted. So to give you an idea to your point on trends, here's what we're seeing. So today at IWG, we work with 8 million clients every single day. Mm -hmm. When you look at when you look at the at, at the breakdown, the complexion of those clients, to your point, it's it's everything from the freelancer and the solopreneur who's launching their business and frankly wants a great place to be able to work and have a strong representative image and be able to have great access to secure Wi-Fi and all the amenities you want right. in a workspace. We also support eighty-two percent of the Fortune five hundred enterprise clients. In what way? Eighty-two percent of of enterprise clients use our locations on a daily basis and they overlay and use our solution as a significant part of their real estate strategy. And it's growing every single day. So when we talk to leaders of enterprise organizations, what they're looking to do is fairly significant and it's happening as we speak. They're looking to rationalize their real estate portfolio because through the noise of the headlines that we're seeing right now, what companies are looking to do is find a way to manage their operating costs, mm -hmm. to ensure that they have the most profitable, nimble strategy when it comes to workplace management, right, and support their team members and workers. Mm. Because the trends are fairly dramatic. Okay, and what are those trends? A few things. One, 90% of North Americans, workers today, right demand flexibility. And what is, when you say flexibility, what, is, what does that mean? What, what it's not is working from home every single day. Working from home is isolating and it's boring. Mm -hmm. 
And the reality is we're social beings by nature. We want the ability to congregate, to meet with people, to innovate, to brainstorm, to collaborate. All those things are really, really critical. But what's happening right now is because of the pandemic, it's greatly accelerated this point. People want the ability to choose where and when they work based on what's required of them throughout the day. Oof. So it's really modeling the purpose of the day with location. And it's really eliminating the commute. We're gonna be at a point, Bart, where we're gonna, we, both, we both have young kids. Mm-hmm. Our kids are gonna turn to us in eight to 10 years and they're gonna sit down and say, Dad, tell us about those times that you used to drive 45 minutes to an hour and a half every single day, Thank you. aimless. And what, what possibly right. were you thinking? Right. It's an absolute waste of time. And let's not forget the environmental impact is dramatic. And so, so, so flex it. So they're demanding flexibility. They're demanding flexibility. Flexibility is defined not as working from home. Absolutely not. From a space that fits what they're trying to do. Exactly. Eliminates the kids working closer to home. It's working closer to their clients. It's gathering with their team members, whether it's physical or virtual, and it's going to, let's call it the corporate headquarters, only when it makes sense, only when there's a value for the employer right. and the employee, right? Okay. It's making more of a need. So let me ask you that. So I had, you know, Alan Richardson from RPC on the pod earlier. You know, Dave Mackay, the CEO there has been very public about saying, hey, we want RBCers to be back in the office more. When we recorded the podcast, we were t- we were commenting on the 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 um, message he delivered back in the, the fall, which was, hey, we want you back two or three days a week. And even since then, we had to re-record the intro because it, it, Dave had come out and said, hey, we're moving up to three to four. So how the, what would your assessment be? Is that a trend? Are you seeing that from the Fortune 500? And how does that mesh with what you're talking about? So here's what we're seeing. We're in the middle of a hurricane. Mm. Right now, we're in a stage where everybody's trying to ascertain what the future looks like and what makes sense, by the way, for their current real estate portfolio under lease. Mm. And then, so they may be trying to use it up to use it. <laughs> well, let me just look at the numbers. So across North America, and this is a global phenomenon, there's just on North America, um, the level of vacancy rates have, have increased from 50% to double where they were back in 2019. And that doesn't include shadow vacancy. What I mean by shadow vacancy are companies that are basically keeping their space dormant and empty because they don't need the same level of space. And as I learned with the pandemic, you can't get out of your lease unless you go bankrupt. Well, exactly. <laughs> and that's one of the biggest struggles, right? A, a traditional conventional lease is 10 to 15 years, requires millions of dollars of capital to guarantee that a lease or underwrite it, plus to, to build space, to furnish space, to to employ technology, to hire people to manage it. It's all rigid. It's all capital intensive. It's a liability on a balance sheet. Doesn't offer any flexibility. Right. Whereas now the reality. Mm-hmm. But maybe 30, 40% of our portfolio can be flexible hmm. because it meets the needs and desires of our workers. And also it helps us move that liability hmm. cap, on, on a capital liability on a lease, uh, 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 on a balance sheet over to something that's more nimble, it becomes an operating cost. And if we want to change, if we want to convert the space, we can do it within a month or a day. So don't read, in other words, too much into these pronouncements from large Fortune 500, because it sounds like many of these Fortune 500 clients or companies are actually your clients. (laughs) They are, you know, it's interesting as, so you you think about the announcement from RVC. And what I read in that announcement is a few things. 
one Hiroshima. The, the headline, <laughs> the headline yeah. states, mandate, come back to work. Right. You read the details, come back to work three or four days a week. Yeah. That, that still leaves 40% of the time traditionally spent outside of a corporate office. And, and what we've seen thing is that the office they're going to come back to might, in fact, in the coming years, be a Regis. Some of our largest clients are the banks. Huh. They're looking for ways to ensure that they're managing as appropriate a fiduciary responsibility, mm -hmm. manage their costs, manage the profitability, and also provide the health and wellness benefits and the, and the environmental benefits that their teams and people are looking for. Right? So I think what we're seeing right now is a push-pull in the headlines. But what's interesting, Bart, and I think about this, I think a lot of leaders are trying to ascertain how do we create and infuse and support culture? Mm. How do we drive teamwork and innovation? And many people, many leaders, I think have a romantic idea of how that's established. Because mm -hmm. many cultures and leaders started their career in a physical environment when technology didn't give people the ability to untether. Right. If you look at today, what, what we're seeing is this, not just a shift in this push-pull in terms of bringing people back to an office, whatever that looks like, there's a fundamental shift in the workforce. Mm. Within the next seven years, 75% mm. of the workforce will be, will be mm. millennials and Gen Z. And those are the first two generations that did not live the analog world. If you look at those generations today in school, in university, starting to enter the workforce, those generations toggle mm -hmm. in a very effective way mm -hmm. between physical world and digital virtual world. Mm -hmm. right? I look at my kids, you know, my kids have amazing virtual friends. They've got physical friends. Their, their traditional right. bubble, which would have been their, their school or their sport team is now, it's, it's now expanded right. in a very positive way. It's, right. it's. It's not dystopian, it's great, right. right? And that will translate into the workforce. Right. I look at what I do every day. I manage our business here across the US, Canada, right through to South America. All of my direct reports reside somewhere other than where I live. It's amazing. And, and we have a brilliant culture. Yes. We're focused, everybody's aligned with the mission, the vision, we understand the definition of success. Right. We challenge each other, we debate each other, we aim for goals and objectives, right? And we're able to do that in a digital virtual way. And we mm -hmm. gather together live when it's necessary. And when we gather together live, it's really powerful because we take that time to continue to innovate and focus and work together but we also do that in a very original way. And as technology continues to improve, right? The, the idea of just this physical workspace gathering in a very non-purposeful way will continue to diminish. We're in this state right now of change. And I, and I always relate back to a really famous Bill Gates quote that has stuck with me for the last five years, although he said it 20 years ago. And it's that, as a humankind, mm -hmm. we overestimate the impact of change in the first two to three years, and we dramatically underestimate the base of change over 10 to 15 years. And this is what we're living right now. Right. Right. We're living this push-pull, and that's okay. Right. And I think you're right that everyone is, is kind of saying, like, what is the end state? What is the end state? And I like your metaphor. We're in the hurricane, 
and everything is kind of, people are looking for something solid. Uh, and what I can tell you is mandates don't work. Okay, so let's, let's, let me summarize in the trends and then we're gonna shift to what your advice is for leaders. So I'm hearing the world of work has changed and permanently. Mm-hmm. Uh, flexibility is going to be the norm and flexible, but that flexible work does not mean work from home. It means working from a place where the, the space fits the purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be about, you know, getting rid of the commute, but still having that opportunity to connect. I'm hearing that your workforce as a leader, your workforce is undergoing this huge demographic shift where this toggling between in-person and digital is the norm. And that this kind of globalization of talent as well is something to keep in mind. Yeah, to sum it up. Yeah, it's, it's exactly the trend. So if you look at the numbers, I mentioned earlier, 90% of workers want flexibility. Mm-hmm. 88% of companies have committed to flexible working mm-hmm. arrangements, and those will just become work arrangements. Companies are looking to move from fixed real estate to accessing a platform, right? And you've seen this on the platform-based businesses. We're moving to a place where companies will just easily give their employees access to workspace throughout neighborhoods, throughout cities, mm-hmm. throughout towns, throughout countries, work where you feel right. makes most sense, and let's get together in the most purposeful way. And big drivers of that, and I'll hit this first because it will resonate with people from a cash flow perspective. Mm-hmm. One of the big drivers is profitability. Totally. I, it's actually it's a huge cost. It's up the narrative. I look at when we, I mean, somewhat tragically, uh, you know, we built out our first ever dedicated office in Toronto, mm-hmm. which we took possession of March 2020. And, you know, it was going to be this kind of, you know, but we grown, we had two, you know, previous five years, each year had been a record year. We're like, we're ready to have our own dedicated space. We spent all this money, built it, boom. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the sunk cost fallacy, you know, we just decide, look, we're not using it. Our people don't want to be here. Our team is globally dispersed. The talent likes it. We sublet it and, and we never look back. No regrets. Okay, you're right. And you're fortunate to get a subletted, which is great news. We're very fortunate. Um, and that that's the next trend that we're seeing. Companies are shifting from a local hiring to um, hiring pool to a global hiring pool, right? Right. If that's a major trend that we're seeing amongst organizations. And the other key areas are eradicating this commute because the commute is incredibly unpurposeful mm-hmm. and a waste of time. Yeah. And people want to leverage the health and wellness benefits of being able to be incredibly productive with their days at work mm-hmm. and have more time for their friends and their family at the end of the day versus spending that time in the commute. Right. And the last critical trend okay. that I think will really continue to drive over the next over the next few years, and certainly the biggest theme over the next 10 years, is the implication or the benefit on the environment. Eliminating the commute Mm. will save trillions Mm. of pounds of CO2 emission that gets, that that unfortunately gets eliminated into the atmosphere, right? So So it was so much more socially responsible. Absolutely. And what, what was really interesting, I saw the other day, Walmart just hired a new sea level of worker mobility. No way. And their purpose is to help increase the number of Walmart employees and team members to travel into a Walmart office without having to commute via car huh. or transit. It's walking, biking. It, it's, it's really around what we didn't coin it, but what we are really driving is the 15 minute city concept. 
That's our goal is to really help people become healthier. Right. Drive what lists. Right. And help support our environmental sustainability goals. And it's helping people get access to great space. Mm -hmm. That's a five to 50 minute walk or bike ride within where they live. And it's really moving back to the European town square to have that. Right. And it's 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 distributing economic viability uh, and growth. And it's also helping people live this better world. It's so great. I love it. I have no regrets over my life. You know, I, I sometimes go to a client. I, I'm ashamed to admit I don't even use the Regis we have, but because it's downtown. But I love, you know, I've got everything I need right in the neighborhood. <laughs> well, you, but you're exact. But then it's available for you and, and you're paying it as you go. Exactly. Which is great exactly. versus having something that's inflected. That's right. Okay, so this this is a really good kind of look at these trends. And so let's shift to your advice for leaders because, you know, people listening, of course, there'll be some people who have the ability to make decisions around their commercial real estate and, and embrace this. But most people who are listening, they manage a team. They're an executive in a large institution. And so they're, they're less able to kind of direct policy around real estate, but they are interested in how do I speak to my employees? How do I reach my employees? Like what are the things in this environment which employees should I hire? How do I bring them together? So what would be your the first piece of advice you would give to leaders in this who are living through this hurricane of change and how and where we work? Uh, the first piece of advice I would provide to the C-suite, okay. to the CEOs, uh, leaders of HR, um, CFOs. People you advise anyway. Exactly. Invest in training your people managers. Okay. On what? on how to lead teams and people in a geographic disparate way. Teams are not worked to the same degree pre-pandemic, but we've never really taught leaders how to, to support individual team members when they're not physically side by side. Right. Right. So what's happening today is you have these mixed teams. You have some people that are physically located close to their leader or their manager. You have other people that are located in other cities, towns, provinces, states, sometimes countries. And if you think about the nuance as a people leader, how do you ensure that you hire, recruit, train, Mm -hmm. induct, and support that individual team member's professional and personal needs? Mm. How do you ensure they have all the services and faculties that they need and facilities in order to conduct their job really effectively? How do you protect your company's proprietary confidential information well, right from an IT perspective, when people are in one location under one network? Right. And then how do you set goals? Mm. How do you relay a vision? Mm. And how do you bring your team together in a digital way mm. to have them fired up, focused, and, and driving towards the objective set forward? And how do you ensure that you communicate objectives very clearly, recognizing that you're not going to be together every day. And, and then also, how do you ensure you empower? Because the reality is, in our new world, we have to trust employees to achieve results to a greater degree than we've ever before. Right? And, and, and then on the flip side, how do you ensure that you're able to coach and manage performance to the best possible way, right. understanding that you're leveraging virtual tools to a greater degree than ever before. Mm. And, and I don't think we've caught up yet in organizations in terms of ensuring that we're really cradling our people leaders, right. 
that, that they have a chance to be able to manage into the, and lead and support individuals and teams right in that in that mixed flexible way mm. of having times where they're together live in person mm-hmm. and then also geographic disparate and so the funny thing is that's not even across the country something just across the city totally it totally gives you know, the city you have people in the west and people mm-hmm. okay so this so this is your fir- first great piece of advice is approach train your people managers mm-hmm. like what do you think when you look at the things like let's just Bring it into focus here. Like, what are two things that you think every people manager should be able to do really well in that that list? Because that was quite comprehensive. So you, you're a CEO, you're you know chief human resource officer. What are the two things that you want to get your people managers trained on? One, how you align and communicate vision objectives, okay? right? Because everybody, your all your team members, if not your best team members, always want to understand what's the finish line. Right. right. What does the definition of success look like? And you've got to be able to communicate that right. really effectively. Sec, I think that's one thing okay. is making sure that you're incredibly clear around both the vision and the objectives that are required of each role hmm. and the why, the purpose in those hmm. roles. Because if you think about individuals that are that are geographically disparate across a team, having a high degree, a sense of purpose in what they do and 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 the level that uh, the level of achievement or result it provides for the organization, not just for their role, I think is really critical. Because right. at times, when you're, if you're completely remote, mm-hmm. it can be isolating. You want to be able to understand what you do every single day, right? And how it impacts the organization, right? Right. So, so have that. So to summarize that, so have you, you really have to articulate the vision, what you're trying to reach, but also the why of how you're getting it. Absolutely. And I think the second big piece mm-hmm. is how you support team members on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis when you're not physically together. And how how should they do that? Like, give me some tactical things. Because here I am, I'm a manager. Let's just play this out. I'm a manager in a company that has begun to move to a fully remote yep. setting. And I'm like, I've got, I, I don't see these people. How do I... All I have is a scheduled time. So what's your advice to them? Well, one of the first things is find a really great piece of technology that helps you create an environment mm-hmm. of gathering. Mm-hmm. And, and, I'll, and I'll share what, what we use today. We're, we're, a Microsoft, we're a Microsoft organization. Okay. Your own team. We use Teams. Mm-hmm. And we've set up different, different Teams chats. We have different channels. Uh, and then we always, and I say always, we meet together on teams. We're leveraging teams today mm-hmm. more so than email or, or other tools. This podcast brought to you by Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get sponsorship? I get sponsorship. Shameless plug on my part. But it's interesting. It's 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 what we use. Mm-hmm. Right. And frankly it's what we use because it's the biggest bang for the buck. Mm-hmm. And you know our organization is completely the Microsoft ecosystem. So it just makes sense for us. But we use it via different channels. So for example I will work with my leaders on a regular basis where we connect on teams. It's like walking over to their office. We jump on video and I, I'm on video 100% of the time. Your camera's always on. Always on. Always on. And I never use a fake background because to me, the world now is about transparency. Right. It doesn't really matter where somebody is. Right. To me, what I care about are the results achieved and the wellness of that individual. And by wellness, I mean their professional and personal wellness, right? So I'll take calls regardless of where I am because 
it sets the right precedent. Right. Expectation work from anywhere. Absolutely. That's right. So, so for me, setting up an appropriate cadence in schedule is really important and leveraging technology. So we're together live physically, and then we utilize our teams-based tools to connect on an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. So every week, I schedule our senior leadership meeting. We meet every Monday. Our, our meeting is after this call or this podcast, mm -hmm. primarily because of balancing and toggling time zones, right? So we meet once a week. We have, we have reoccurring one-on-one -on -one meetings, check-in points to see how things are transitioning on a tactical side mm -hmm. and how we're doing for performance and how we're doing for plural. So we have regular reoccurring meetings that take place on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. And then at least three to four times a month, right? I bring our organization together. Physically or on the on teams. Teams. On teams. We come together on teams. At that point, hundreds, thousands of people gathering mm -hmm. for updates. So we can we can take a look at where we're trending for the year, mm -hmm. how we're trending towards the vision, our goals, mission, et cetera. And then also at times very, very tactically. So for example, in this case today, we have a complete teams meeting with our organization to focus on uh, on working with our construction design group as we're rolling out new subscription-based services for our partner locations. We bring everybody together on video. We launch it, we hold a Q&A, we hold a town hall, and then we get ready to move forward and launch with appropriate documentation. So it's, it's really interesting. What I've been trying to do is replicate as best as possible the in-person experience right. through digital tools. Right. And for me and for organization, it's been successful. Right. And then usually two to three times a year, we gather together in person. And when we gather- Are we bring thousands of people together in person? Once a year, absolutely, for a large conference. And then from there, we'll bring our leadership team together multiple times to every year. Um, and have that opportunity to gather. And when we bring people together live, mm -hmm. we make sure that every second is maximized. Mm -hmm. And and we, we, we really focus on some tasks together that makes most sense live and in person. Like for example, talent, uh, talent management, succession mm -hmm. planning, uh, people develop, development, leadership development, those are core areas that we normally focus on live and gather. And then once we establish the framework live together in person, then we can check in uh, on our on our different objectives that can uh, that and action items that came from that meeting uh, via Teams. So so this is great. I mean, I'm gonna. I think we've. So let me pull out what I'm hearing. So first, you know, your advice to leaders, you know, first I guess is to really embrace clarity around the vision and the why what you're doing secondly i'm hearing pick a pick a tool pick a tool and really lean into it and setting that regular cadence so that you recreate the connection that you used to get in person there the third i'm hearing is you do need to come together in person you do need to create connection. absolutely the, the office is critical mm -hmm. it's still critical the reality is it's time to eliminate the commute or it's time to go to the office when it makes sense. It well, goes back to the purpose driven. We're the same way. I mean, we just took our whole team to Mexico mm -hmm. because we felt like we, like you, we use Zoom, but we can work well on Zoom and Slack, but we weren't able to feel the kind of connection that we wanted. 
So it was a really different retreat for us because when we went to Mexico, you know, we were there for three days. We only worked, worked, quotation marks, for half a day. I gave a talk to the company and then we did a session on remote work norms. But the rest of the time, all we did was, was connect. Yeah. And we, and people said it was the best retreat we'd ever had. It's fantastic. Uh, well, it's, it's different. And you think about to what you just did. And that's, when I think about leaders and I had to give advice, the other thing I try to recommend is it's give yourself a, literally a direct lobotomy around how culture is established. Huh. Okay. Be, because for me. I th- what I hear from many senior leaders is culture is only established in an office. Mm. But frankly, I like to challenge a leader to say, when you're in the office every day, how often are you sitting down with your organization in a town hall setting? Right. It's only really an event that takes place on occasion. Right. Right. You're in the office, but you're conducting all different types of works. Work. The reality is culture is not solely established in this physical environment. Culture is established, right, from the, the values and the, and the goals and the type of experience you create for your workers, right? That's really a critical piece. Right. And a physical workspace can play a role, but it's not the sole role. And when you, when you read about mandates and return mm-hmm. to work, usually they state the same core reasons. So connection. Connection. Creativity. Creativity. Right. Collaboration. Culture. Those are all critical to the success of organization. But if you think about what it was like going to an office every single day. Drudgery. <laughs> right. And, and when those moments of collaboration and innovation came forward, they were inspiring. Right. But they don't really happen every day. Which is why this idea of traveling non-sensibly into one location and long commutes five days a week between 8.30 and 5 and then having to deal with traffic back and forth every single day just really doesn't make sense. Bring people together in a physical environment when you want to maximize their time because the residual value of that amazing day, and that doesn't have to happen right. in Mexico, it can happen in your downtown office. Right. And, and, and could be a Spaces or a Regis or a Signature, right? Because right. now save your money when it comes right. to design. But but now the residual value of doing that for that very specific time frame carries forward throughout the week while people- And you can have so many more of those moments. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great closing piece of advice, which is re-challenge your assumptions around culture. So look, what I'm taking away from this you know, big picture, the trends, like we are seeing an irreversible and fundamental redesign of how and where and why people work. And as an employer or as a leader, you've got to be aware of these trends if you're going to attract and retain or engage with talent. And, and then you need to rethink how you manage people, whether you're a CEO or, or you know, a brand new leader. You've got to really set out that why and that vision. You've got to use collaborative technology to bring people together. And you, you do need to come together in person, you know, in an intentional way. And you better rethink how culture is formed. Yes. And you should you should book space and the Regis. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome to. Right. Uh, we got we have. Uh, so Wayne, thank you so much for this conversation. Um, obviously, you sit at the mouth of this tide 
of employers. And I think your insight's been really valuable. I know you have a lot of research at IWG. Is there anything that we can link to or share with people listening on this? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for the time, Bart. And thanks to all the listeners for uh, spending the time listening to this podcast. Uh, always happy to connect via LinkedIn. Yeah, you're uh, very active. It's easy LinkedIn. to fo- it's easy follow. I mean, must, you're a must follow. <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I try to focus mostly on thought leadership because I think that's what really people care about, right? So connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, you're welcome. All the information in terms of our studies, research papers, documents, uh, all the information available for companies and people are at our website, www.iwgplc.com. Or you can connect with us at any of our branded sites, regis.com, spacesworks.com. It'll lead you uh, to all the information you need. Thanks Thanks so much. Thanks so much for uh, the conversation. Thank you, Bart. Hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Wayne Berger. Really great insights into how to think about this new world of work, remote work, and how leaders can connect and engage with their teams. And if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to my episode earlier this season with Alan Richardson of RBC, who also shares perspectives, but not from a co-working and share office space perspective, but from the perspective of Royal Bank of Canada, one of our largest employers here in Canada who bring some really interesting perspectives as well on the importance of leadership conversations through the journey. Really, really fascinating stuff. So I hope you uh, will join me next time. Coming on the podcast, I'm pleased to welcome Judith Humphrey. Judith is the founder of The Humphrey Group. She's a four-time author, and she joins me to talk about her new book, The Job Seeker Script. And this is a book that shows how to position yourself for a job or how to position yourself for a job and the bigger role in your current company. Uh, Some really practical things. It's a great book. She writes for Fast Company, and this topic is the hot topic. So I know it will be of interest to my listeners. Thanks for helping get the show heard. Rate and review us. And until then, enjoy the Inspired Podcast.